Welcome back to the Multi-Channel Reselling Podcast. This is Joshua Esters, and I'm back again with another episode. I've been trying to do this episode for a couple of days now, and I am uh, I'm finally I'm finally doing it. I'm glad that uh, I finally got a moment to spend some time talking about this topic. First and foremost, let's thank the new listeners coming in. And also thank the permanent collection listeners. I appreciate you guys. You know, I appreciate you guys. I I appreciate the emails as well. Um, But I will say something about the emails. Uh, Please do not email me about, you know, collaborating with another person on the podcast or adding this person or looking this person up. Um, I'm, I'm not interested and not only am I not interested, I can't do that. I, I just can't. I can't do it. You know, I can barely even do my own podcast. <laughs> How can I bring somebody on on the podcast or go to anybody else's podcast? Uh, I'm not I'm not interested in doing any collabs or anything like that. <clears throat> I have a uh, particular way that I need to I need to do things right now. Collaborations are very, very unlikely for me to do. Um, unless they're in person, you know, and, and, that, and I probably won't, won't even do that no time soon. Um, but yeah, so if there's somebody out there with an FBA business, I definitely don't want to talk to that person. Um, um, I don't, I don't, you really, you know, I don't really, uh, I mean, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know, about me and FBA. So I'm not even going to go down that rabbit hole, but, um, but yeah, so, uh, yeah, keep that to a minimum, but I do appreciate the suggestions, but I'm, I'm good. Um, but if you do have any, any questions about, you know, some of the topics we're talking about, if you have any suggestions on any future, uh, podcast topics, some things you want me to cover, some things you want me to talk about or explain further, um, email me at, Moti channel podcasts at gmail.com. So that's Moti channel podcasts at gmail.com. Oh man. <clears throat> Last episode was pretty intense. <laughs> you know, if that was your first episode that you listened to, you're probably thinking like, wait a minute. <laughs> what, what am I listening to? <laughs> What did I, what did I click on? What did I decide to listen to? Um, but if you, if you stuck around and you're back today from that, epi- uh, from the last episode, uh, I appreciate you. Um, yeah, it was pretty intense, pretty heavy stuff. So, uh, this episode, we're going to lighten it up a little bit. We're going to lighten it up a little bit and talk about something that I think everyone is, um, experiencing and if you're not experience, experiencing it you are seeing it in live you are seeing it in real time and it has to do with the economy right so where we are in the economy so today's topic is about reselling or e-commerce rather in the economy e-commerce and the economy and what it has to do with you okay um i am 
uh, fascinated and obsessed about the current state of economics right now, you know, in, in this country, across the world. I am trying to understand what is happening. I am trying to understand it. I'm trying to understand investing. I'm trying to understand the flow of money. I'm trying to understand previous crashes or uh, previous downturns and recessions. I'm trying to understand the relationship between the different parts of the economy and um, and and how that you know how they relate to each other. And what are generally the remedies for particular situations, like if, you know, past recessions and things like that, what got us out of it, right? What got us out of the, those recessions and into the booms? And then what happened during the booms that caused the recessions? So I'm just trying to understand all this stuff. And um, <clears throat> so I've been, uh, I've been listening to a lot of, audiobooks um i've been buying books within the last uh maybe i don't know four or five months or so um you know buying some books audiobooks uh podcasts and all that kind of stuff in between all the other stuff that i do um you know in between family and business and life um you know trying to spend some time trying to understand you know and uh i've been <clears throat> really fascinated by the things that Ray Dalio talks about, you know? So if you don't know who Ray Dalio is, um, look him up. <laughs> um, but if, if you know any, anything about investing, you probably know who Ray Dalio is. If you keep, if you keep up with, you know, Warren Buffett, Charlie Munger and all those folks, right? You probably know who Ray Dalio is. I, I think most people listening to me, at least probably know who he is, but if not, look him up. But he wrote this book called Principles, and I finally got it. I heard about this book a long, long, long time ago. But one of the things I do suggest is on YouTube, if you type in Ray Dalio, he has like these 30-minute, sometimes 45-minute videos explaining different, um, explaining about how, how the economy works, explaining how uh, uh, um, world, um, um, explaining how, um, you know, power, uh, what is it what his, his 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 one of his most popular ones is on on the changing order you know how one country becomes the the most powerful and how that most powerful country can be uh overran by a new country you know or a new world order right so on and so forth but um but he 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 explains things very well and he's um he just explains things very well and it's helped me understand and put some pieces together. But anyways, <clears throat> I've been really obsessed because, um, you know, like a lot of people, I have been in and out of the markets since 2020. That's when I really, 2020, uh, was it 2020? Yeah. 2020 is when I really started dabbling into the markets, lost all of my money, lost all of my stimulus money, you know, betting, betting in the, in the markets in crypto and wherever else, in the NFTs, made money, lost money, but ultimately lost everything. Um, and then learning my lesson there, but not learning my lesson completely, putting some money in again, and now I'm, I'm, I'm down, right? I'm, my, my portfolio is, is down by half. Now, it doesn't, you know, a lot of people are down. You know, if, if you have not sold yet, 
I mean, I'm, you know, I am glad I didn't buy all the way at the top, but the last time, uh, was it 2020? I bought at a good, I bought at a good time. I was buying at a good time, but I didn't sell at the top. And then I ended up selling at the bottom. And then after I sold a couple months later, it went all the way back up to the top again. Right. So, you know, that really, you know, um, that, that failure piece really, um, really got me into like, okay, I got to figure this out. I, I need to figure this out. And I wasn't the only one, obviously there are millions of people who were getting into the game the way I was. And, um, the way it happened was, uh, was, was just interesting. And it just made me start learning about investing. And then that, that, that led to other things about investing, you know, even going down the route of life insurance, uh, retirement accounts and all that kind of stuff. Um, getting more serious about my future, right? Because up until this point, um, I have not uh, taken any um, interest into retirement because uh, up until that point, I've been, you know, in and in and out of different business models, you know, in and out of different jobs, and you know, trying to get my foot in the door somewhere, you know, um, as far as entrepreneurship, and I was more concerned about making money instead of investing money and then little did i know that um that what i you know my way of thinking and what i did was not uh it not it was not unique most not most but many entrepreneurs may you know maybe maybe yourself as well many entrepreneurs may be you know focused or good at entrepreneurship but very bad at investing they don't understand investing there's a there's a vacuum there's a vacuum there with entrepreneurs they don't understand investing they don't invest um they don't know how to you know set up a retirement account or know anything about retirement accounts uh, they probably all they know is 401ks but they're self-employed so they don't have one um so on and so forth so that that led me all these different areas now <clears throat> i got my degree in finance so there are some of these subjects that i that, that i touched on but I didn't really care, you know, when I was going to college, uh, I didn't really care as much about, you know, the markets because I knew I wouldn't be putting any money in the markets. I knew that I was, you know, um, getting by to get, get the classes done. And a lot of the stuff, the, a lot of the stuff I didn't understand, a lot of the economic principles I didn't, I didn't understand. <clears throat> um, just a lot of it I didn't understand, but I understand it now better than, I did then because there, you know I had no experience, I had no frame of reference, and it didn't click. A lot of things are clicking now, you know, but but I still feel foggy in a lot of things. But there's there's a lot of ground that I've covered thus far. Um, <clears throat> but anyways, okay, so <clears throat> the economy. So let's talk about the economy for a second, and then we'll get to the relationship with the economy and e-commerce. But first, let me crack open this Cola Zero. All right, it's good stuff right here. You know what, I'm, I'm also very thankful. Las Vegas is cooling down. It's cooling down, so I'm, I'm seeing low temperatures. Now, I, I do my podcast um, most of the time in the garage 
and I get all the heat, right? You know, all the weather, it's, it's in the garage. But anyways, um, so right now it's really cool. You know, what is it, 74, 73 degrees? Um, you know, 2.45 in the morning. It's usually like 100 or so around this time. So the, the weather's cooling off. So I'm very, 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 very excited about that. Um, getting into the fall spirit. All right, let me take some sips of this, uh, sips of this Cola Zero real quick. Mm. All right. Excuse me. Oh, that's good stuff. So we're not going to talk about the entire economy. We're going to talk about something that's, that's, that's mostly, you know, related to e-commerce, but we'll get, we'll, you know, just stay with me for a moment. Stay with me for a moment. So since, um, October 20 or, you know, October, November around there of 20, um, what is it? 2021, right? Um, since 2021, around October, somewhere around there, we're starting to see a change. Markets are going down. Stock market, crypto market, Forex, whatever, <clears throat> excuse me, whatever you're doing, it's been the, 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 the top is no longer the top anymore. Excuse me. The top is no longer the top anymore, so it's been going down. And it's been going down for how long now? I mean, almost a year. And it wasn't until um, a few months ago, and right now we're in September, it wasn't maybe until, I don't know, maybe um, the end of the first quarter, maybe the end of the second quarter of this year, that... Um, the federal the federal federal reserve rather the federal reserve has been deciding to raise interest rates so it it wasn't until you know this year you know mid this year or so <clears throat> because the problem is is inflation right inflation's real gas prices are crazy food it, food prices are crazy you know I'm sure there's places that you shop at have been changing their prices, right? See, these are the new prices. See, in the inflation, a lot of the inflation, like at restaurants or 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 some of the places that you shop at, um, your, your your mailbox, you know, you pay for your PO box. All those prices are going up, every all of it, and it's it's been going up, right? But they were already going up before it hit the news and then the news finally got um the news finally got uh, hip to what was going on then they started talking about it now the everyday person is talking about it but it was already happening it's always a whenever you hear something in the news it already happened Whenever you get it from the in the news, it could be anything. I mean, it's social media and the in the mainstream news. So it doesn't that's that's what I mean by news. I mean just anywhere. Okay, so it already happened. So people are just talking about recession, recession, recession. We were already in a recession. It's a lagging indicator when they come out and say, "Hey, we're in a recession." It's a lagging indicator. Okay, because they're looking at previous month's data. Okay, so when everybody's talking about recession, it was already happening. It was already there. You know. 
Okay. So how do you how do you beat inflation as a country rather? Okay? As a country you beat inflation one of the ways is by raising interest rates. And that's what's going on. They're going to be possibly there's there is um investors, I would say, how how they say it, they say investors are pretty much confident that they're going to raise interest rates again this month um, when they have their uh, uh, when the Federal Reserve Chairman um, they come out on the 21st or something like that to let us know if they're raising interest rates or not everybody knows they're going they're raising interest rates they already rose they already raised them the last meeting so they're gonna have another meeting about interest rates again and they're gonna raise them again okay so um, I'm not gonna get into the weeds of what that is raising interest rates but just understand if you, if you don't understand yet you can look it up what it means when the federal reserves raise raises interest rates all it means is they literally they're raising the interest rates for everything they're not they're not doing it directly okay but when they raise interest rates usually the interest rates <clears throat> on everything else on borrowing money follows that's why you have mortgage rates mortgage rates are as high as they are, or you know, they're the high, the highest that they've been in the last fifteen years. Okay, that that means something. You know, that's why you have real estate. Uh, real estate right now is <clears throat> real estate right now is in a pickle. You know, prices are going down because demand is falling because. The cost of mortgages, the interest rate on mortgages have been going up. Here's what I do to keep up with their, not, not to keep up with the real estate market, but to make sure I have some type of information coming to me. All you have to do, you know, if you want to, you know, get information on real estate without interrupting your day too much or without going out and trying to understand everything about real estate. Just go, just download the Zillow app, save, save a search. I, what I do is I have a, a search save for my zip code, any property under a million dollars. You know, I, I get, you know, I get notifications or I, you know, whatever I get. No, they usually send a notification every day of a, of a house for sale. And then um, I have a few save searches. So I have a save search for my zip code under a million dollars. And I also have a saved search for something else but mainly if you just if you just at least your zip code houses under xyz xyz price whatever it is and then you know put your little criteria in and then just leave it like that and then just get notifications every day look at it you can look at it scroll down you can see the price changes you can see what you know how often how long the uh, the, the the house has been on the market how um how many price changes there have been? What were the price cuts? Was it 45,000, 50,000? I'm seeing big numbers as, tar- as far as price cuts. You know, I have neighbors who sold their house for less than what they listed it for. A lot less, you know, $75,000 less, you know? Um, and and uh, it's, it's, it's a real thing. You know, it's, you can see how real it is in your area, what's going on. So that way you have somewhat of a pulse on the market in a way, in a general sense, right? Generally. 
go to Zillow, do a safe search for your zip code, set it and forget it. And then just look at look at it every now and then. Okay? It's a real thing. It is um what we don't know is we don't know where things are going from here. We can only speculate, right? No one has a crystal ball. We can only speculate what's going to happen from here. My personal opinion is we're going to see another leg down. Um, that's my personal opinion. It's not financial advice. It's not any advice at all. And the only reason why I say that, not the only reason why I say it, but the reason why I say it is interest rates have not really went up. Not by a lot. Okay? They have not went up by a lot. But inflation is high inflation is high and if you if you talk to people who work in different industries they'll tell you how the prices of what the of what their you know their their wholesale prices are or the prices that they're buying products for or they're they're buying inventory or uh raw um, um, raw materials and all that stuff. How their prices have are are they're anticipating rate hikes or you know they're anticipating higher prices, okay. And these are from business owners, okay. If you talk to truckers, they're they have their ear to the streets, or they they know what's going on with a lot of these manufacturers and a lot of these 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 farmers and all this stuff okay so i had the chance of talking with a few people they are very pessimistic about the future of inflation now doesn't mean that that's going to be for the whole country but hmm, it's something it's something to consider since they're irish to the street a little bit all right and um what what is interesting to me is is in my quest to understand where we are in the economy and how do we get out of it, what I will point out is um, there's there really hasn't been this real crash. This is why, you know, when they say recession, it's not really like a big deal recession because we've been going down for so long and we're just now calling it a recession and it's been slow, right? So like like a uh, you know the two thousand eight you know um, two thousand seven two thousand eight mortgage crisis rather it it just happened right it, and when I say it just happened it didn't just happen I don't mean that literally what I mean is markets crashed right then and there bam on it like most people were on it were were not oh um were not seeing it coming that's what I meant by that. Sure, there was some guys who were calling it out, obviously, but most people woke up one morning or a few mornings and they saw the market tanking. Like, oh shit. Like, what is going on? It's unexpected. This time, everybody's like talking about it. Like, they're, they're, everybody's expecting it. It's, it's, it's been like this soft landing, you know, this soft downturn. Like, where is that, oh shit. Where's that over the cliff crash? Where's that at? We we haven't had that yet. 
We haven't had that yet. Where's the unexpectedness of it all? I mean, it's just it's strange, you know, when you compare it to other crashes of the past. I mean, you, you know, they just happen. They happen very quickly. Even the 2020, the coronavirus, when the coronavirus hit, obviously there are people who are calling it back in December 2019 or November 2019. But when it happened, most people were like, whoa, what? Unexpected. And then the market tanked. Now the market shot back up maybe a month or two later, which has been the that that recovery is the fastest recovery ever recorded of a crash. Okay, it just it just bounced right back very very quickly, but it's still that sharp turn. We haven't had that yet. All right, so that makes me believe that there's a high probability of us to continue to go down. Now, I mean, how else do we get out of the inflation? How else do we get out of it unless we go down? Unless we Increase interest rates more to decrease the demand. That's the whole point of increasing the interest rates is to decrease demand. Okay, interest rates go up, demand goes down, prices go down. That's the that's the principle. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean it'll happen like that. Generally speaking, that's how it happens. But but. I mean, we're, we're, we're excluding every other factor, okay? But we can't cover all of that in this one podcast. We can't cover all of that. I would say the, la- the, other, the, the other factor that I would talk about real quick is unemployment. Unemployment is um, relatively low. We need high unemployment. The government, the Federal Reserve, wants higher unemployment. Because if unemployment is low, that means a lot of people have money in their pockets and they're spending it. If they're spending it, inflation is either staying the same or going up. Demand is increasing or staying the same. Demand cannot stay the same. If demand stays the same, that means the inflation problem is it's going to stay the same. It needs to cool down. The economy needs to contract. Interest rates were so low for so long. Whenever you have interest rates low, you have an expansion. People are borrowing money to buy things. They're borrowing money to buy stocks. They're borrowing money to buy real estate. They're borrowing money to buy jewelry. They're borrowing money to buy watches. They're borrowing money to buy dentures. They're borrowing money to send their kids to school. They're borrowing money to buy cars. They're borrowing money to do everything. And that increases the demand. And then when demand goes up, prices go up. Now, prices are already at the top, at the, at the top you know. And now it's time for it to cool down. Because it's just out of hand right now. And how do you do that? You cut the borrowing out. How do you cut the borrowing out? You lower, or excuse me, you raise interest rates. If interest rates are higher and unemployment is higher, people are less likely to borrow, to buy things because they may not have a job or their, their, their job is at risk. Or X, Y, or Z. Either way, they're not borrowing money. All right. How does that relate to e-commerce? 
you can guess how it relates to e-commerce at this point. Okay, but let's lay it out. I'm assuming you 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 got the point, but let's lay it out a little bit. Let's elaborate on it. Unemployment and raising in, and and increasing interest rates. How does that affect e-commerce? Well, it's obvious. Doesn't mean everybody is going to get hit. Doesn't mean everybody's going to experience lower sales. It doesn't mean that. But at the same time, it can also mean that. Why? Because we haven't seen this situation before. We haven't seen this before. We've never been in a situation where e-commerce is at the crossroads of raising interest rates and raising unemployment. We've never seen that before. Why have we never seen that before? Well, in response to, to 2008, the response was to lower interest rates to the 2008 crisis. The response was lowering interest rates. That was one of the responses. In 2008, how big was e-commerce? It wasn't that big. It was growing, but it wasn't that big. And interest rates were already up when it did come out. Okay? So we've never been in this crossroad that we're in now. So we don't really know how it's going to, how things are going to go. Now, my natural inclination is that, okay, I'm not going to panic for one. And for two, it doesn't mean that everybody is going to get hit. It doesn't mean that. It may mean nobody gets hit. Meaning, you know, experience uh, a negative effect on their business. Now, here's what I will tell you. I have seen, and you know what? I, and, I, and I know, and I know, I know, I know that you guys, some of you guys have too, and many other e-commerce sellers have too. We have seen a change in numbers. Okay. Now, I'll speak, I'll speak for myself, but I know it's happening to other people too. I know it's happening to some of you. I know it's happening to other, you know, e-commerce. So I, I know because of what's going on. Now, there's been a change in my numbers. I don't, I, I've said this on my, on one of the podcasts. I don't know, one of these podcasts. I'm, I was just like, you know, I'm doing pretty well. Um, but I'm waiting for when it will stop. I mean, from gen, from after Q4, I thought, you know, things would die down a little bit. And they didn't. They didn't. Yeah, they died down a little bit, but they didn't go back to my number. My, my January 2022 numbers didn't go back to my January 2021 numbers. I was still, I was, <clears throat> excuse me, I was doing three and a half times more in sales than the same January last, you know, the same time period last year. 
okay? I was doing three and a half times more. And I was like, well, this is pretty crazy because, like, you know, in, 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 I would, like, to put it in perspective, okay? I sell on, I sell on Amazon, I sell on eBay, I sell on Etsy, I sell on Poshmark. And I, I, I have sold on Macari, but I, I don't, I don't do much Macari these days. Really any, actually, this year. Starting this year, really any. On Etsy alone, I was doing about anywhere from eleven to thirteen hundred dollars a day, every day, in sales. You know, every day. Now that's ex you know excluding not 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 including taxes and and uh, yeah taxes. Okay, so th those were my numbers before taxes. Okay, those are my sales. Every single day on just that platform. Every day. I was making a boatload of money on Etsy alone. Every day. Now, for me, my margins are, are pretty decent. You know, my margins are pretty decent. Um, I would say during that time, my average, well, my average gross profit about 30 about anywhere between 25 and 30 percent so about about 20 it was 27.7 percent of my sales not including taxes um for my gross profit now my net profit i i don't i don't subtract much from my gross i'll, I'll put it that way i don't subtract much from that so it was probably landing at about 25 percent of my sales with net profit. Um, but I was like, man, I, I, this is this is somewhat concerning, because how is this happening? Not 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 necessarily how it's happening, but you know, I, I I prepared myself for that moment. I I was prepared, and opportunity came, and then we crossed. But I was I was telling myself, okay, I'm waiting for it to stop. I'm waiting for it to stop. I'm, I'm waiting for it. And then I got caught up. I got caught up for a little bit. I was like, oh, this is this might be the thing now. When it's like April. April comes in. This might be the thing. I'm just gonna be doing this these numbers right here on on uh on Etsy. I'm gonna be doing these numbers. And then as soon as I got comfortable, that's when it hit. Literally, May 1st, my sales dipped. Took a big hit, okay. And I'm, you know, doing about half of that. I'm like, okay, you know, sure. And then it's pretty big. It's, it has not gotten back up. Now I would I would say this. It, it's 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 hard to um, it's hard. It's actually hard to um. It's it's hard to link that directly to the economy, but uh, but I'm going to, and I'm gonna tell you why I'm going to. Okay, um, but I've been looking at my numbers lately, and as a result of you know I I talk about this all the time about about as a result of having SOPs and outsourcing and you know outsourcing. 
and delegating a lot of my work, I've been able to spend more time looking at my numbers. That was my, um, that was my, um, I don't know, a downfall or, you know, one of the things that I didn't do a lot because I was always busy, 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 busy. But I didn't really, I wasn't really looking at my numbers a lot. I was looking at my, um, you know, looking at my conversion rates enough, looking at, looking at my, looking at my numbers, you know, looking at my stats. I spend a little bit more time on stats now so I can really understand what's happening. Me, before that, I'm all about sales. I'm, I'm constantly just trying to make sales. Sales, 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 sales cures all, right? But now I'm able to sit back and be like, okay, so here are the numbers though, <laughs> you know, behind the sales, right? So, um, so you know, hopefully that's another skill set that I'm developing um, now that I you know, develop a skill of sales, selling online rather, um, being hyper-focused on that, also now being hyper-focused on behind the scenes on what those sales are doing, where they're coming from, you know, what are the uh, search terms and um, what are the impressions and the visits and the conversion rates and what are my, uh, my, my revenue? Is it up this, 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 uh, this, this month compared to the same period last year? You know, what's the trends going on, right? Now, <clears throat> a few things are happening, okay? So a few things are happening in my business specifically. Yes, my numbers have gone down, but they somewhat have flatlined. They're not trending down, okay? So that's what I'm happy about. My numbers are not trending down. They went down from May, hit a bottom, and they've been trending. I've been doing about the same amount of sales, for the past like three, what is it, uh, May, June, July, August, September, but the past three months, I've been doing around the same amount of sales, but slowly increasing each month, all right? And that's due to some other things that I've been doing. But there were some things that I was, as a result of my numbers going down, I was implementing some things that I've been thinking about imp implementing already that's going to increase my numbers anyway. It was gonna increase my numbers in the good times, but I'm, I'm glad I was putting things in place like the SOPs, I was building the SOPs before that happened. Uh, before May 1st, I was building the SOPs and that allowed me to focus in on back, back in on the sales again. Uh, you know, more so on the sales. And also having the SOPs just allowed me to, you know, focus on more things at one time that allow me to combat the uh, lower sales. Okay, anyways, okay. Let's uh let's get back on track here. <clears throat> so there's a dip in my sales. Um, and that just has to do with a lot of people because it would like during that time, you know, uh the the crypto market and the stock market, they were doing some there were there were some, you know, huge downturns during those times too. Um and I think it has something to do with that. I think people you know, there was some fear in the market. There was a lot of fear in the market because that's when crypto was, was really going down. Like before it hit 20,000, it was like, it's like at 30,000 at one point. And then once it hit 20,000, people were scared, you know. And and I, I mentioned the crypto market because the crypto market and the S&P 500, they are very correlated. So when I say crypto market, I'm not talking about just crypto people. That is, you know, that happens with the SP 500. So all the stock people, 
all the people who have regular 401ks, they were filling things as well. So when I say crypto market, it still means all of it. You know, even the people who aren't in crypto. But I follow crypto a lot. So that's why I use crypto. Um, but anyways, so that was the first time that I noticed my sales were dipping when the markets really took sharp turns down. Okay. And then, you know, things been plateauing, you know, we've been going up and down in the markets. If you're following it, you've been, we, we haven't really been, you know, too far. We've, we've been going down, but also coming back up and then going back to the middle. So it's not really going up. And it's not really going down when you average it out over a, a longer period of time. Um, so my sales have been, you know, plateauing, but the, but the next thing that may affect how things are, are interest rates. Okay. So when people see interest rates are going up <clears throat> now, most people do not know this. Okay. The stuff we're talking about right now, most people don't care about it. Okay. Most people don't care about the federal funds rate, the federal discount rate, interest rates. Most people don't care. Okay. So, and the reason why, I, the reason why I, is, I just said what I said is because we're seeing, you know, if because of what we do and you may not be following it either, but you may start following it at some point, you know, because most people aren't following it, it's not really on their radar. So we have the opportunity to getting ahead of certain things. So if you're paying attention now, you have the opportunity to get ahead of the normies. So interest rates are rising. Most people don't know interest rates are rising. When people realize that interest rates rose, because right now they, you know, they've risen. But when they go really higher, I think they will. I think they'll go higher. I don't know when, but I think they will go like a lot higher than what they are now. See, only when it's a lot higher will the news pick it up. The news, the news will pick it up and say, hey, oh my God, interest rates are 6%. You know, the federal fund, the federal discount rate is 6%. Because right now it's 2.5. It's 6%. That's a big jump. 6% is a big jump. But if it goes up to like 3%, like later, it's from 2.5, 3%, won't hear about it. You know, you're not going to hear about it. But once people realize that, yo, wow, interest rates are up, that's when they're going to start looking at their credit cards, okay? That's when they're going to start curtailing their spending. See, the interest rates, when they go up, the point of them going up, the Federal Reserve to raise interest rates, the whole point is to contract the economy, to shrink it, okay? Now, it doesn't happen right away. It takes time. It takes time for people to understand what's going on. It takes time for people to start looking at their bank statements, to, to hear it on the news. They they have to raise the interest rates up up slowly. You know what I mean? It's not they're not gonna shock shock us with you know a six percent increase at one time. Okay, because they'll basically turn the economy into a depression at that point if they do something like that. Okay. So, so we, we have the opportunity to get ahead of it. Now, the only thing is, is we are betting somewhat to a degree that interest rates will increase. Okay. We don't, we don't know, but 
I would rather bet that they are probably will increase than to wait until they get to 6% to start thinking about my next move. You see what I'm saying? So we have the opportunity to get ahead of it. Now, when interest rates go up, credit card interest rates are going to go up at some point. That's where e-commerce is going to get a hit. They're getting a hit now, but it may not be much. You know what I'm saying? Right now, people are still spending their money. I think sellers are still filling it. Because here's the thing. A lot of people buy what we sell on credit. That's just what it is. And that's what it's been since, you know, a lot of my money, a lot of wealth has been transferred to us. People borrowing money to buy stuff from us, that's the transfer of wealth right there. They are taking money, buyers are taking money from their future selves to give to us, to our current selves. That's called a transfer of wealth. Okay? Transfer of wealth is happening in e-commerce. Take it while you can. Take it while it's here. Take it. Okay? So... So a, a lot of e-commerce is propped up by credit. Now, this is something we can all pretty, we, we all pretty much maybe had an idea of. But I think when we, when we put it into this context, we come, become a little bit more wise about what we're doing and how to maneuver. Okay. So if interest rates go up or, you know, they are going up, I you know, a lot of people are comfortable believing that they're going to continue to go up. But we're, I'm preparing for them to go up, okay? So interest rates are going to go up, okay? How do you prepare? Okay? How do you prepare? So now we're getting to the you part. So we talked about, we first talked about the economy. Secondly, we talked about e-commerce. Now we're going to talk about you and me. So what do you do? So what do we do? Okay. What do we do? The economy is contracting. Rates are going to go up. People are going to buy less stuff. Generally speaking, that's less money in our pockets. If we don't do anything about it, it's not going to be less money in your pocket. If you do something about it, but if you don't do anything about it, it's going to be less money in your pocket. I'm going to tell you how this is going to play out. I can see it. I can see it. I can see how it's going to play out. I can, I can see how a person can combat this. I can see it. I see how I'm going to do it. Okay. This is where the importance of the multi-channel strategy comes in. Okay. Rates go up. People are buying less things on credit. So what does that mean? That means there's less demand. Generally, there's less demand for what you're selling. Right? So the people who would buy using their credit cards and making a payment later. See, like, you know, 
if you haven't seen it, I mean, you, you probably have, you know, on, on some of these platforms, you know, you have these credit card companies, credit companies, right? So for Amazon, you have Amazon. You can, you know, you can borrow money from Amazon or get a credit card from Amazon. Uh, um, I think, uh, what is it? On Poshmark, I think it's like Klarna. Klarna, if you click on it, you can, you can apply, you can pay for products within four payments. And then on Etsy, you got Affirm or something like that. You know, these credit companies where their 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 position right there next to your price you click on it and then you borrow money from them they'll buy they'll buy products from you borrowing money from them those are the credit companies and i'll give you a little tip uh once i realized this this is like years ago once i realized because uh, i didn't know that that was happening i didn't know on you know poshmark or etsy like there were these credit companies next to the prices or on my listings uh, that will allow the buyer to, um, uh, um, you know, apply for credit to buy my stuff. Um, you know, one time I was just on Poshmark and one, and ever since then, I always go on the platforms every now and then to see the interface, to see how the platforms look, what's on there. Um, so I can see things like this because I had no idea. I just happened to be going on Poshmark to just look around. Um, but, uh, I the the tip is I noticed a lot of these credit companies they all say you know but yeah buy this product in four payments I always make sure my price is divisible by four because I noticed that on some products they didn't have the credit offers uh, on there so the credit card companies weren't showing up on the listings I don't know why but I was just like okay well let me just you know make my prices divisible by by four because they keep uh, advertising to make payments in four um so i make my my prices divisible by four i've been doing it ever since i i noticed that but anyways so these companies so um the cost of borrowing is just going to be it's going to be higher you know and then demand is is, is going to leave the market and <clears throat> if you are only on one platform or you're only selling on one platform you're talking about um you're you're at a major disadvantage okay you're at a major disadvantage because <clears throat> the person who is the person the seller who is on multiple platforms has more opportunities to catch that buyer or they have more opportunities with more buyers okay you're on one platform buyers are leaving the market okay buyers are leaving the market and if they're staying on the market they're not buying as much stuff but a lot of people, a lot of people don't realize a lot of people don't realize um that <laughs> that's not a good thing you know most sellers are one channel sellers um you don't want to be that person let me give you an example let me give you an example let's say let's say i'm a real estate agent okay let's say i'm a real estate agent okay Times are good right right now. Let's say times are good. And 
you know, buyer, the, you know, interest rates are low. I'm getting, I'm getting buyers walking through my door. Okay. I'm getting them walking through my door. They walk in my door. There's so much demand. They just walk in my door. Now, my only channel for customers are my door or is my door, excuse me. Okay. They only come through my door. I'm not online. I'm not on Facebook. I'm not on uh, Instagram. I'm not on realtor.com. I'm not on Zillow. I'm not on CoStar, uh, whatever the thing is, uh, ConStar or whatever it is, uh, CoStar, whatever, if, if you're selling a, uh, commercial real estate. Uh, I, I, I have no other avenues of getting clients. The only clients that I get are through my door. Times are good, so that's to be expected. The market's not hot anymore. Rates increase. I'm getting few people through my door. I mean, everybody, at this point, you know where I'm going with this. Okay? See, you don't have a multi-channel marketing strategy. So now you're scrambling to try to figure out Realtor.com, to try to figure out Facebook, to try to figure out all these places where all the other real estate agents are already on and they have access to more buyers. There's fewer buyers in general, period. But they have access to more than you. Even though the buyers are fewer everywhere. Same thing here. Same concept here. Okay, The competition is, is, is a buyer's, it becomes a buyer's market. That means the competition is a little bit more fierce. So what do you do? How do you get ahead of raising interest rates and, 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 and lower demand? You develop the multi-channel strategy. You make sure you get on as many platforms as you possibly can. Because now it's time to work. Okay. We were doing well. We were doing well with minimal minimal effort for a long time. Okay. The seller's market. There's more demand than there are sellers. Back then. But now it's cooling off. Okay. Buyers are gonna be leaving the market or spending less money. Myself to my, listen. Myself, myself included, I'm like, okay. I got to cut, I need to cut my spending out because I, I can see the cost of things going up. So I'm like, okay, I, I, I gotta, I gotta pivot. I'm spending less money. Period. Okay. So, and, and so if I'm spending less money, there's other people spending less money too. I'm not the only one. Okay. I'm not the only one. Like every behavior is expected. Every, every, everybody's behavior right now is expected. It's expected. It's already planned out. It's already mapped out. It's just human behavior. And when certain things are happening, humans react a certain way. That's just how it is. It's already predicted. Okay? So you're not experiencing anything unique. It's my point. All right? So competition is being more is, is more fierce, okay? 
So the first thing you need to do to combat lower demand is to be in as many places as you possibly can. That's the first thing, you know. Be as many places as you possibly can. Because competition is fierce and you need access to as many you need access to as many fewer buyers as possible. You need access to them, okay? Um, the other thing to get ahead of what's getting ready to, to, to happen or what's happening already is to do as many things as you possibly can to please the to please the platforms okay i'm gonna explain that all right so i call it doing it for the algorithm that's what i call it do as much as you can for the algorithm okay so um the algorithm you you will you will never know um You'll never know what you never know the algorithm of anything. You know, it's proprietary. You never know. You know, my podcasting analytics, you know, and algorithm and all that kind of stuff, it sucks. They, they, the information that they do give me, it sucks. It's not much. Same thing for YouTube. If you're a YouTube content provider or maker, you get analytics and they're good, is what I hear but they're not going to give you everything, right? Uh, Netflix, you know, all those people who do specials and stuff on Netflix, they get zero analytics and zero algorithm information. Amazon, you're not going to get any algorithm information about how the algorithm works and their analytics and how you can... Now, they give you analytics, you know, but it's never going to be the full everything. I mean, it's still valuable, but they're not going to tell you how their algorithm works. Same thing as anywhere else, Okay. So, but they do give you clues. They give you clues. And I was very, um, I was very impressed with Etsy when I first started selling on Etsy because they, they gave you, they gave you, I, I really like Etsy. I really like their platform. Okay. Their platform is very pro seller, uh, eBay too, but it, it, it's, it's, it's a very easy, easy platform. You know, if you, if you need information, it's easily accessible. It's, it's, you're able to find it easily and they explain things, you know, uh, unlike Amazon, Amazon, my opinion is the worst of all platforms in terms of for sellers. Okay. They're not pro sellers. They're pro buyers. Okay. Which is all good and dandy, but I mean, you know, without the sellers, there are no buyers, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, it is what it is. Um, Amazon has the leverage. That's why they do what they do. And that's why I don't really, um, I don't like the platform as much. I run into issues with the platform. Um, <clears throat> I like to get my money and go on, on Amazon. Okay. But my point is they leave clues to, uh, how their algorithm works or what, or what is helpful in terms of, uh, you know what the what the platform wants you to do. So what you 
so so the, the, the first thing is is getting on as many platforms as you, as you possibly can the second thing is is what i call doing it for the algorithm or do it for the algorithm and that just means doing whatever you think is important for the algorithm um, and what I mean by that is, it, it, yeah, you do have to, you know, have some thought behind what you're doing, um, and and um, and some reasonable reasonable speculation. I remember when I first started selling on eBay, I used to listen to you know quite a bit of eBay content on YouTube, for example, um, a few podcasts too, just to try to, you know, relate to other sellers and see what they have to say. And I noticed there was a, quite a bit of uh, videos of people. Um, speculating on what what's good for the algorithm. What should the sellers do that is good for the algorithm? And I wish I could remember something specific, but I don't. Um, but they had all these different these different things you should do. Uh, I wish I, I'm trying to remember something specific, but I can't. Um, but something that does come to my mind is something that I think is helpful for the algorithm. I don't think it has a lot of weight. But I think it has a little something, and that is leaving reviews, leaving reviews for buyers, which is such a weird thing to me. I mean, it's weird to me. Uh, I mean, they buy the product, and then I ship it, and that's that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to say, supposed to say about a buyer. I mean, usually most of the transactions go the same way. They buy, I ship. They're happy and they leave me a good review. Now, me leaving them a review, I was like, oh, man, I, I don't want to do that. You know, I, I really don't. Um, and then I didn't do it. Um, and every now and then I would get these messages from buyers. They'll, they'll be annoyed, too. They'll be annoyed that I did not leave them feedback. I'm like, OK, um, I don't want to keep dealing with this. Right. So I need to figure out a way to. You know, make sure I do this every sale or something. I don't want these messages. So, you know, I finally went in and uh, luckily there's like this um, automated, they have an automated system where um, eBay has an automated system where you, um, where, you know, a message or a review will automatically go to the buyer after, you know, the item is received or whatever. I don't know. But um so i set that up and i'm glad i did that okay because it, 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 it'll say like you know leave feedback for you know 96 people i'm like well I'm, i can't do that <laughs> you know what i'm saying like I, I i can't sit down and leave reviews that doesn't make sense but the reason why i say it might carry some weight it may be good for the algorithm to some degree is because they spent their resources to come up with this idea and they're putting on their platform and then they're also letting you know that you're not doing it. So they probably want you to do it. And um, so it probably means something to them if you don't do it. And it also means something to them if you do, you know? Um, so, you know, stuff like that. If, if, the, if it's offered on the platform, try to do it. You know, but, you know, it's it's not, it's not, you know, it's not realistic. Well, at least not for me. I, I, I'm maybe for some of you guys, but not for me. It's not realistic for me to like try to do every single thing 
on every single platform that I'm on. I don't. I don't. There's plenty of things that I don't do, but I'm always, you know, doing more, right? There's always more to do. So I'm like, okay, all right, cool. So um, another thing, you know, a more obvious one for eBay, for example, is if you become top rated seller, you know, since they came out with that, they obviously want you to be top rated, okay? Because you are going to have more preferential treatment on the platform if you're top rated. Now, I've been, you know, I've been on and off top rated. I mean, I've been, I've been, I used to struggle to get top rated on eBay. I used to struggle. eBay has been a struggle for me for quite a bit of time, but things are starting to turn around a little bit. I've been doing more things on the platform. So things are turning around a little bit, but I used to struggle a lot, you know, but I've been top rated seller for quite a bit of time. So that's important to them. Because if you're a top-rated seller, that means you're doing the things that they want you to do. So they're going to incentivize. They're going to incentivize the process and then uh, reward you if you are doing the things the platform wants you to do. So you're doing it for the algorithm. So you do it for the algorithm, right? So Etsy, for example, you know, you want to become star seller. That's something new that they've done. I used to struggle becoming star seller, and then they changed how they do it. And then I became star seller because it was very difficult. I was like, I'm never going to get star seller because, you know, X, Y, and Z. But I've been star seller for a couple months and I'm going to miss being star seller this month. I'm, I'm not going to make it. Um, that's my fault. Uh, something I let slip and I didn't have to let it slip. And, you know, it was it's of my own doing. But, um, you know, you know, you get preferential treatment, you know, you get the little badges next to your title, you know, all this stuff. Right. So you want to do it for the algorithm, do whatever it is that will help you in the algorithm, whatever it is, you know, whatever it is on the platform. Right. So so that's a start. OK, that doesn't solve the problems. OK, that doesn't, doesn't solve the problems of, of competing. Now, that helps you compete on the those basic level because there's other things you can do to compete because you're going to have to compete there's fewer there's going to be fewer buyers generally speaking this is the mindset you need to have even if it's not true even if hey even if I'm wrong right I'm wrong the pool of the pool of buyers is not going to decrease interest rates are not going to increase so the borrowing is going to continue inflation is going to continue let's just say that's the case let's just let's just say the opposite of what i think is going to happen is going to happen you still win because you're still out competing everybody else you still win okay but let's say i'm right i'm and it's not just me i'm i'm, I'm thinking what a lot of people are thinking i'm not just you know and, and a lot of people who, you know, a lot of smart people, you know, I, I follow a lot of smart people. So I'm not just saying like, oh, I, this is what I think because this is what I think. No, this is what I think because I listen to smart people and I try to understand what they're saying and then I put the pieces together. Okay. So, um, okay. But let's, you know, we're, we're, we're going to go with interest rates are going to rise. The pool of buyers are going to decrease. But either way. You're going to outcompete your competitors and still get the business. But the difference is 
when we're in ultra, ultra good times like we have been, we become less competitive. Get that competitive spirit back again so you can start winning in the downturn. And if it doesn't go down and we go up from here, the market goes up from here, let's just say, you're still out competing in a up market. Here's another thing, okay? Um, last year, all of the platforms, a lot of platforms have been allowing you to put video in, you know, as part of your, you know, add video to your listings, okay? Um, people really have not, and I, I've mentioned this before, people have not really taken advantage of that, including myself. I have some products that I have photos on, but I don't have um, a ton. And that's another way to be competitive. That is a major way to be competitive. Because believe it or not, um, you know, depending on what platform you're on, listen, a lot of people are not going to do it. A lot of people are not going to do it. And then when they do do it, it's not going to be like good. You know, it's not going to be good quality, good production, a good, like you can really, you can really, you know, differentiate yourself in these, these videos. Okay. Okay. We like, man, here's how should I do my, cause, cause the thing is like, cause the thing is people, people are looking at this. Like, first of all, <clears throat> let me, let me explain something real quick. Okay. First of all, to, to put, even put up a 15 second video. I mean, some of these, um, platforms are you know, allow 15 seconds, right. Uh, or less or whatever it is. Right, I think Poshmark is like 15 seconds, for example. The video can be no longer than 15 seconds. To do the video, and, and let's say you have lots of products. Like I, I, I'm in the business where I have, you know, quite a bit of products. Okay. Um, I have, you know, to be competitive the way I'm thinking of is, you know, eventually have video for most, if not all, of my products. I probably have videos for about less than a quarter. Yeah. but I hope to have more. Um, it it takes it takes quite a bit, right? So you know, luckily I already have a I have a professional camera. I can do video now. I'm not saying you can't do it on your phone. I mean, sure you can do it on your phone too, but I use my I use my professional camera because I that's what I have, and I already I already had it. Um, but the memory, right? The memory it it, it takes up space on your phone. For example, for me. I use hard drives and I, I save on, 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 on the cloud. So it takes up, like, even though there's short videos, it takes a lot of space and storage, right? So there, there's a, you know, there's a cost to your time and your resources to do video. And that's going to, um, so, so, so a lot of people are not getting into that really, you know? It's going to be the norm at some point. It's going to be the norm after this, you know, if, if, if the market goes down and we're in a downturn and that's that's one of because people are going to catch up catch on to this like oh okay to be more competitive i need more videos people are going to get better and better and better at doing videos but right now most most people suck okay um but people are going to get better and they're only going to get better in the downturn when it's very competitive and where they have to figure out how to be more competitive so right now you can get ahead of it you can get ahead and already be producing these 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 short videos of your products or whatever, and then listing it, listing them, uh, using them in your listings and being more competitive that way, okay. And you're getting ahead of everybody else. 
Okay. So that's another way to be competitive about, you know, you know, using the platforms or doing it for the algorithms. Okay. So, so, um, uh, that's that I'll leave it there. You know, uh, I think you guys get, get what I'm trying to say here. So to reiterate everything, we talked about the economy where we talked about a little bit of the economy. We can't talk about everything. I mean, there's so much, right? We talked about what, you know, what matters to us right now. Interest rates, okay? Unemployment, okay? Interest rates, a lot of people are very, 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 very confident that they're going to keep rising. Unemployment is at a low point right now. The thing about unemployment is we need higher unemployment. When I say we, I mean the Federal Reserve. They're, 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 they've made it public that their goal is to beat inflation. In order to beat inflation, they need higher unemployment. Okay, Higher unemployment, there's fewer people buying things, fewer people buying things from us. Higher interest rates, there are fewer people buying things from us. Okay? So, how does that relate to e-commerce? There it is. If people are buying fewer things, you have to be more competitive. How you be more competitive is by being more present, implementing the multi-channel the multi-channel strategy. You're more present, so you have uh, you're in the presence of more fewer buyers, and then you also want to do it for the algorithm do as much as you possibly can on those platforms that will allow you to um, outshine other sellers your competitors are everybody okay everybody you don't have you indirect and direct you have you have direct and indirect competitors you need to outshine them okay you need to outshine them and you outshine them by doing the things that the platforms want you to do okay so they want you to link your website link your pinterest link your facebook and and they want you to build this and it's all free to do and if it's free to do it you know try it try it and see what happens you know there's plenty of things that 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 i have not done yet <laughs> you know and that's just on the list of things to do it's not all going to get done at one time that's not the point the point is is to start thinking in that fashion where it's like oh, okay let me um let me look on the site let me see if i'm missing anything what you know how do i make myself more competitive on the platform as a whole okay because not everybody's going to do it okay? not everybody's going to do it and, but that's how you stay competitive by doing it for the algorithm and being present on as many platforms as possible and um that's how it relates to you. You know, that's how it relates to you. That's how it relates to you. And that's what you can do about what's coming. And even if it doesn't come, even if the market goes up from here, right? Even if interest rates stay where they are or they go down from here instead of up, you are still in a better place. You are still out competing your competitors. So you're still doing better than you would have done in a good market. You're bringing that competitive spirit back in because in the good times, which we've been experiencing all this time, all these good times, we become at least somewhat complacent, at least somewhat 
bring that competitive spirit back in. That's how we win is being competitive. All right. So um, thanks, guys. Thanks, guys, for listening. And until next time, peace.